real Hip hop, hip hop The real Hip hop, hip hop Peace. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. On this episode, I talk to Chicago artist Neek. In 2019, Neek released one of the most critically acclaimed hip-hop albums of the year, titled Quest Bar. Quest Bar is full of music with messages without being preachy or condescending. Neek produced the entire album himself, which gave Quest Bar a cohesive, and soulful sound. On this show, I talked to Neek about Questbar, why he chose to tackle the topic of willing fathers being pushed out of their children's lives, and his upcoming projects for 2020. Okay, man, what's the meaning behind the title of the album, Questbar? Questbar, um, it simply means vulnerable. Uh, it comes from the language Afrikaans is a Dutch language out in South Africa. Um, I know that when I was working on the album, I was talking about things that was kind of like really kind of deep to me. And I wanted to create a title that was, I guess, kind of was fitting for it. And I just wanted something that was a little bit more catchier than just the actual word vulnerable. So that's where it comes from. It comes from that Dutch language Afrikaans out of South Africa. Okay. Now, you have an eclectic group of artists on Quest Bar, um, from GLC to Rita J. Um, the features on the album are indicative of the versatility of Chicago artists. What went into the collaborations on the album? Well, uh, usually when I think about collaborations, I usually create the song first, and then whatever whoever pings me mentally first is who I think about. So... Like, for example, uh, when I was doing Kiss the Ring and I had the the Yay sample vocal in there, immediately GLC came to mind because of that Chicago connection and just that whole energy that he would bring to that record. So once I create the record, then it starts to speak to me in terms of who I need to reach out to or who I feel like is best fitting for it. You know, if, for example, like with Rita J talking about Do It For Love, you know, we're talking about black joy. We're talking about just uplifting ourselves, you know, and loving ourselves for who we are. I mean, I think she's a perfect example of that, you know, just how she lives her everyday life and who she is as an MC. So that's how I kind of put my features together. I kind of put it together with who I think best fits for the, the creation of the song when I'm doing it. Okay. Um, on the song Elevation Everything, you say... If I don't show soul in these lines, how the hell are they going to feel it? And it yeah. reminds me again of the artists that come from Chicago. Um, most of the artists from the city bear their souls in their music. Why is it important yeah. to you to give the people more than just rhymes in your music? Also, why do you think Chicago artists are that way as well? Ela 
elevation, everything is fame and that mantra I live by. Glory to the glorious power, you know the most high. Do it for believers, no reason to get a co-sign. Do it cause I love it, y'all can dick ride. Immortalized for truest lines and being fresh to death. Flirting with demons, I must be near the threshold. Story foretold, already written like Nazi's peace. Classical, nothing to fuck with, condoning no dumb shit. The media tell us your music gotta be poison for us to bump it. What I'm looking like, feeding people I love knives. Cuts are running deep and I ain't paying that full price. So choose to not walk in the shoes of fools, avoiding all eaves. Easily you die in the muse, uh. Need no experience, I stop at the cues, uh. Fame is a monster, that statement is cute, uh. Reminiscing, watching the box, stomach and knots. Butterflies watching legends, requesting I'm not stopping the mind. Something told me none of it is real. Fast forward, now I'm grown to see it was all a thrill. Rapping what you told, records gotta get sold, execs gotta get paid. So with slaves, we can mold. Images, shred heads, jewelry swinging and flashing, hella dead press, screaming golden era, shit dead. So divisive, fighting for a genre. Shorties riding strapped with gats, bigger than Contra. Rent a profit like a mobster, yell at proper. People lying pain, night and day, no Sinatra. Most important thing is a passport. Seeking how you learn a conflict or a rapport. The skinhead over your head. Flow nice, knowing the ledge. Like resurrecting rock him twice. Only Chris Mama acknowledge. Come with a T. Christ play Chris B.I. Her nerves like ice. So Chicago nights. She don't know those sights. Only options is push dope and fade like Mike. Went to college, agreed up, caught that plight. Get an interview, notice down like my sights. Uh, I'm young, black, and gifted. Said it and came to fur. Deny black, keep them away from knowing they worth. Messiah, need it. That Simla attire on my black skin people Haters won't cease fire Say you want it all Ever thought what that would come to God dream can't control Let us simply undo Only one life Who we are we can't undo Judge me not You don't know what I've been through It's so real I gotta be the realest If I don't show my soul in these lines How the hell they gonna feel it Uh Well, for me, I, I think it's just the I, I like to connect at the human level, you know. So a lot of times when I'm writing lyrics and I'm writing words and like when I wrote that particular phrase, I'm just thinking about like in order for you to connect with me on a very basic level, I have to be transparent. So I got to show my soul. So if I don't do that, then that that's when the disconnection can take place in terms of you understanding where I'm coming from, my perspective how you can see yourself in my perspective, you know, things of that nature. And I think with Chicago, I think Chicago, we just, we have, we live a lot of life here. What I mean by that is that we have a lot of experiences here, good, bad, whereas that it kind of forces you to deal with a lot of your emotions. So I think that naturally, you know, music becomes like a venting space, if you will. And it just becomes a platform for us as artists just to kind of, you know, express how we feel, say what's on our mind in real time, because I feel like the energy of Chicago, we deal with so much, you know, in terms of how we perceived, in terms of what's actually going on. And, you know, and just the overall history of music here, like it's a heavy mantle here, you know, so you got to be able to carry the weight that comes along with this city. So I think that that brings out the best in us in terms of our emotions and why we bear our souls the way we do. Hmm. Okay. 
Now, you produced this entire project by yourself. Was it a conscious effort to produce everything alone? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, The difference between this project and any other project is I wanted to be able to sculpt it from front to back, you know, with what I had in my head, you know, mentally and emotionally, sonically. And, you know, I feel like because I just started producing essentially maybe three, four years ago, it was a challenge. You know, I I was looking forward to the challenge. So that was like a a huge motivating factor for Quest Bar because I wanted to be able to not only elevate myself as an MC, I wanted to establish myself as a producer as well. So, you know, I, I took my time. I studied a lot. You know, I took a lot of mentoring tips from a lot of good people like Rashid ID, Slade, you know, people like that. And man, I just I just started digging in and getting to it. And then when I started to create the the sonics that I wanted, then I started writing the songs. But that was very, very conscious for me to do that. So what made you initially jump into the production side? Well, essentially for me, it was more out of necessity, right? I wanted to work when I got ready. You know, a lot of the times when you're not a producer and you're an artist, you know, you're searching for beats, you're looking for beats, you know, you're inquiring about beats. And you got, and even though I had a good team of producers around me, I mean, if I wanted to work at 3 a.m. in the morning, I mean, what if they're not available? You know what I'm saying? So at that point, I'm like, what am I going to do about that? I need to start creating canvases, whereas that I can get these expressions out, I can get these words out. So that's what was my initial factor and motivated me to produce. And then over time, I actually started to enjoy producing for other people, whereas that I was happy with creating a canvas for other people to get their words out. And uh, and that became another motivating factor for me as well. Okay. So what does your production workstation consist of? Uh, what the epicenter of all my beats it starts with the MPC, uh, the Akai. I got right now. I'm working with the Renaissance. Uh, Quest Bar was produced with the MPC 2000 Excel, mm-hmm. so I use the the MPC Renaissance now. I got it. I got my turntable routed through the SP202 into the SP303 to give me that grainy, you know, analog sound. And then you know, I do a lot of my recording and you know, key edits in uh, Ableton. So I start with the MPC, I route everything into Ableton, and then I finish the beat and finish the song in terms of the production side of it from there. You know, I got I got a plethora of synthesizers. You know, I got the the Moog Grandmother. I got the, you know, the, the, the uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the MS-20. I use Arteria, you know, for the vintage keyboards there. I got the microcorg. So I'm a, I'm a heavy synth guy, too. Okay. Now, on the song War, you have a line that stuck out to me where you said, Mm -hmm. FBI rented the balcony at the Audubon the day Malcolm got called home. Don't keep your blinders on. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a rush to blame the Nation of Islam as a whole, or even Minister Mm -hmm. Farrakhan, who was only a minister in Boston in 1965, (laughs) <laughs> right for the murder of Malcolm X. Um, mm-hmm. What was it not discussed that like the men that were arrested for the murder were from a radical temple in Newark? Um, 
who possibly acted alone, you know? Um, yeah. I, I read a quote from Thomas Hagen, one of the murderers of Malcolm, that mm-hmm. was published in Al Jazeera that said, I can't say that anyone in the nation of Islam gave us the idea or instructed us to do it. We did this mm-hmm. ourselves for the most part. Now, also, to your point about the FBI, um, the facts are that the FBI tapped Malcolm's phone, followed him everywhere he went, including the Middle East and Africa, Mm -hmm. and possibly poisoned him while he was in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So here is my question. Why do you think so many people put blinders on when it comes to the facts about the man from the Newark temple and to your point, the FBI surveying him even on the day that he died. Simply when I bear a little soul My upbringing through the fire Analyze woes Naive slaves to my lineage I can't control Mama's baby papa's Maybe best to child goes I didn't ask for And so we clash more When my identity is fronting Like a dashboard They say the root of happiness Is through a white Jesus Switch a rude Despising our ancestors Voodoo Cold treason Cold reasons Foul tyranny Native soul brothers They ain't hear me FBI rented that balcony At the Autobahn The day Malcolm got called home Don't keep your blinders on Really shit I probably ever wrote If they take my life For just a poison Like a keynote Everything is tailored From the truth To come and set you free Under pressure won't Fold, let's pursue by free. My 106 crush, uh, energetic, my flesh. Heavy is the crown, keep the cranium tested. The best years subjected. Fill a prison, we don't fall flaws and all. Never quitting, goddamn. It's a war going on, it. No one outside is safe from. I say it again, yo. It's a war going on, it. No one outside is safe from. Yo, yo, uh. It's a war going on, it. No one outside is safe from. I say it again. Well, I think it's uh it's an uh, immediate narrative, right? I think that you know historically throughout history, especially when it comes to us as you know, I'm just going to use this term for under you know to generalize this conversation, um, African Americans, um, we tend to and we've been experiencing like media bashing for years, for centuries. I mean, anything where they put it in front of us. It's kind of like it has to be believed as is and with face value. But the media was never designed to benefit you in that way. You know, especially, you know, us African-Americans, it was always designed to oppress or to discourage or to create a narrative that the public wanted us to to really gravitate towards. So when I was saying that, um, it really was more metaphorically speaking about how the FBI involvement was present and I feel like in his death in terms of the spying and the engaging and seeing what he's on and what he's about and trying to basically paint uh, Malcolm as this this terrorist narrative I mean this terrorist you know throughout the you know United States you know so so that was my that's my take on it I feel like that anything that you hear or anything that's being presented to you I feel like that you should do your own research you should learn it for yourself. And, you know, 
when you take stuff at face value and you run with it, you know, it puts you in a position where is that it creates a, a hard dialogue, like because you can't really convince somebody who believes what they believe. And it's not for you to convince them out of it is for them to be able to embrace and understand different perspectives. You know, that's the goal of conversation and, and knowledge anyway, right? Is to gain a perspective on it. So when you stuck in your ways and you're like, no, this is what happened. This is what it is. This is what's being told to me. It's like, it, it's kind of hard to deal with that. So that's why that line came about because I wanted to basically put a spin in my take on it. Like, are you sure what you know to be true is correct. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a, it's a subject that really bothers me, man, because, um, without, um, facts or based on an article that he wrote during that time, people like to pin it on Louis Farrakhan. And, the thing with me is, as much as white people hate Louis Farrakhan, they would not hesitate to put him in jail for anything. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he was involved, he would have been in jail a long time ago. So yeah. I feel like people, um, it's easy for people to put it on him and also mm -hmm. let the FBI and the CIA slide on it. Yeah. And also, too, it's like I feel like a lot of people are quick to like it's OK to not be correct. Right. It's OK to say I don't know or it's OK to be unsure about something like I think when it comes to that, once again, because when the media pushes a narrative, it's like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to that. And it's like it's OK to say I don't know what the truth is, but you can take the time out of your own schedule and your own life to research certain things if you want to. And then you could come up with your own conclusion about how you feel about things. But I feel like that that's the biggest, one of the biggest issues is that we take everything face value without having a conversation with ourselves first and then being able to make a proper assessment about what's really going on. You know, because it's all subjective at the end of the day. Like whatever you believe is what you're going to believe. It's nothing that nobody can do about it. But at least you're willing to see it differently, if that makes sense. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You tackle another tough topic on the song Lost Fathers. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. What made you decide to go beneath the surface and look at absentee fathers with sort of a sympathetic lens? Generations letting the streets cold after their life stories when life faltered. 
My father raised me though my siblings hate me for it Their fathers didn't vision much and I don't know the story I see that women can hold back a child kill his soul Make a father run away Tell a child he don't want to be involved But really it's unresolved love Then lingers on and never been a trust to move on A major lesson is can you learn to live with regrets? Depression pay when you skate They bore PMS in my soul Not to mention show that pants for the blowing on some Robin's jeans Dressing up depression Been there before homies told me Rolling cigarellos Something heavy when all you trying to heal is the soul A lost father just a broken soul Who couldn't gain control of what life gave him Forgive him Lord Though we know not what we do You still love us for it Even though we forgive it We can't ignore it Lost father Say a prayer for the fathers Our fathers amen Forgive them for they don't know I struggle with identity, unbeknown to me spiritually, I'm seeking to be whole. Part of me undiscovered, see I don't know where I come from, don't know what I'm made of, technically I numbed out, reason why it's hard to love myself, fully platonic of butter ills, burying inside reels, repeated clips of me still fronting, looking for love no matter how it come to see the sun shining on me, halo above, to be the most righteous, validation is poison to be among the likers, gotta change yourself to fit in, you ain't living Midas, living king, living legendary Leonidas, reach for words to cover up what I don't like about this, this pain is sits so humbly inside, demons in disguise, masked up, posing with expensive clothes, and see it in my eyes, yo, I'm so bothered, this the product of that man who never knew his father, lost father. Say a prayer for the fathers, our fathers, amen, forgive them for they don't know what they do, it's alright, it's alright, it's okay, show them the light, say a prayer for the fathers, our fathers, amen, forgive them for they don't know what they do, it's alright, it's alright, it's okay, show them the light, Well, it was the song Lost Fathers is really in essence about fathers who are actually being denied access mm-hmm. or fathers who have limited access and the effects of that on children, regardless of the circumstances. So it's like a threefold conversation. It's like, what about the father that's trying to be there? What about the father that's there and that's limited? And what about the effects of the children who deal with that despite any external issues? Mm-hmm. You know, so I tried to it's a it's a hefty topic. It's a hefty load. But when I wanted to the way I wanted to highlight the song was I wanted to show all of those angles because, you know, at the end of the day with children, it don't matter if you're not there. You're not there. They don't care about the excuses. They just don't until they're actually able to get to a point where they maybe can understand it a little bit more. And then to talk about the frustration of fathers who are actually trying to be there, but are being limited, you know, for whatever reason. So I just never heard it talked about it from that perspective. So I wanted to approach it a little differently. Yeah. It's something I could relate to because in my family, um, there's a situation where, um, a father was mm. not allowed to see his children for what's going on 20 years now um, and wanted to be involved and 
you know, was basically just child support. And like you said, how it affects the children, those kids to this day hate him and Mm -hmm. it's not warranted. Mm -hmm. They don't know the vindictiveness of their mother. Mm -hmm. They only know what their mother says, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a, a, I'm glad you touched up on that topic, man. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I, I and I didn't want to get into a blame game situation because you know it's 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 your side, their side, and the right side, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody got their own lens on the situation, but I know at least like from from the poem perspective, Princess Powell, who did that poem on Arsenio Hall show, and from my perspective and my experience, I know what it's like to show up and be told, "No, you can't get her." For what? Because I said so. So I had to speak about that perspective because nobody really hears that, you know, at least from my understanding of music, I haven't really heard it touched in that, you know, in that way. So when I was writing it and I was putting it together and arranging it, like it hit home for me and my, and my guy who was on the song, Earth St. James, because, you know, the vocalist on the record, he kind of went through something similar. I'm not sure, you know, I don't really know the, true history of his uh, relationship with his dad or whatnot, but it hit home for him too. Like he was tearing up in the booth. Like I've had plenty of people call me and say, when I heard the song, I cried. So it let me know that, yeah, we're touching on something that is really deep here, you know? Okay. Um, Your album Quest Bar was one of the most critically acclaimed albums of 2019. Um, Man, that's a blessing. Word. How does that feel for you? It feels really good to know that messages and what you you know what you want to convey and how you feel in the inside still matters. You know, I didn't approach the album with a formula. I didn't say I'm gonna make this song for this, this song for that, and I just really just went to the studio and was just like, I'm just gonna write what I feel. I'm going to just curate what I feel. And to be able to do that and for it to be appreciated the way it has been, I mean, that's, man, through the grace of God, that's love. You know, because you don't get that. You don't get too much of that nowadays. You know, you, especially if you're talking about on a major scale, I mean, for the most part, man, you know, especially when you're dealing with it and from a big business perspective, man, a lot of artists, man, they, they albums and what they talk about, the content, the beats is already chosen for them. You're going to talk about this. You're going to write about this. Actually, the song is already written. You're just going to say it. You know what I mean? So for me to be able to just go into the studio and say, this is how I feel. This is the landscapes I want to rap over. This is it. And for it to be appreciated the way it has been. I mean, I can't, I can't ask for nothing more. You know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for real. Dope. All right. Well, what's next up for Neek? Uh, right now, man, I'm I'm uh, delving into a lot of the production. Uh, um, I'm right now. I'm producing a record for Rita J. I'm doing her album front to back, and I'm working on my next effort. Um, I'm not sure as far as the structure of it, what it's called, anything like that. But right now, I'm I'm at the infant stage. I'm just making beats. You know, I'm making beats. I'm I'm listening to music. I'm linking up with other producers. I'm chopping it up. So I'm at the baby creation stage, but I mean, once I get a groove, man, I'm, I'm gone. 
<laughs> so that's my two my two step my two things right now is producing for other people, Rita J more specifically, and then working on my next effort. I'm definitely trying to get an album out again this year in 2020. I'm not gonna rush it, but you know, like I feel like I'm in a good groove right now where I can create something that, that could be impactful. Dope. All right, Neek, thank you for joining the realhiphop.com podcast. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. One love. Anytime. No doubt. Peace. Love. The real hip hop MCing and DJing from your own mind, you know? I just right now we should start the show.